Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. On today's episode, we sat down with Helena Lindberg. She is the winemaker for Tenuta di Becerno, and she has been with them since their inception in 2004. Previously a chemical engineer, she switched lanes and started making these great wines out of the Tuscan region. It was a great episode, and I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I hope that you do as well. Don't forget, right now, click subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You could be on Google, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, YouTube, whatever it is, hit the subscribe button, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. And we're live. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Helena. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's Tenuta Baserno? Tenuta di Bizarno. See? It sounds a lot better when she says it. When she says it, it's great. Could you say it again? Tenuta di Bizarno. Oh, gosh, that sounds so good. So, here you are in Florida, all the way from Tuscany. Yep. I got here and I got to Florida yesterday, last night. Yeah. And really, you know, you, I mean, you didn't start in Tuscany from what I had read. Nope. I am from Sweden originally. Uh, studied chemical engineering. Started tasting wine once I graduated. Um, started tasting wine and started reading all about wine, all about wine chemistry, and uh, traveled to every wine region I could get to on a budget, and uh, then decided that it was time to uh, resign. And I went to Australia and did my first vintage in Australia many years ago. Who was, who was that with? Uh, Yolamba wines. In oh, Yolamba. Yeah. Uh, someone else went through Yolamba that we know. I can't remember. There's We've quite a few who've been through Yolamba, I would say. But yeah. they've got great winemakers and uh, great winery. The, the Y-Series wines. And yeah. The, the wines yeah. are great. Oh, yeah. Uh, always been good. Yeah, and yeah. super affordable. Yeah. Great mm. great for the value. Uh, well, I started off as a cellar hand, put, uh, cleaning tanks and uh, pulling houses and uh, pumping wine, because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to start from, from zero. Well, that's and, yeah. probably the best way to start. Australia yeah. and then New Zealand. I was offered a job as an assistant winemaker and spent three years in New Zealand. Um, a lot of Sauvignon Blanc in Melbourne. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I went back to, Fra- to Europe mm. and southern, southern France. Uh, quite a few long, um, short-term contracts. Um, did a, a, a year at the Faculty of Phenology. And then I heard about this project that Lodovic Antinori had. new project in Tuscany and... Um, I applied for the job in 2004, and here I am, 18 years later. Wow, really? That, <laughs> That's that awesome. Quick. Man, <coughs> bless so, you. So, <coughs> take us through this for a second. You have your career, and this is a second career for you. Where did you decide along the way, hey, wine is what I'm going to do? Well, it was when I tasted so much and um, with associations in Sweden, and... Uh, read so much about wine chemistry and about making wine, I, I thought, I can't read anymore, I need to do it, I need to, and I want to, I want to learn how to make wine, <coughs> how to make great wine, especially red wines, and um, I realized it was going to be a life, lifelong process about learning how to make good wine, so um, that's why, that's why I decided that I had to fulfill this dream, I, I, I didn't want to find myself I'm way past 40 now, but I was saying to myself then that I don't want to sit there when I'm 40 and say, why didn't I do what I wanted to do? So that's why. I, I didn't, I, it, it was a mental thing. I said, I have to do it. I have to try. 
Well, good. And you, I'm going insane <laughs> if I don't try. <laughs> so how many years have you been with uh, Becerra now? Uh, 18. 18. So, 2004. First vintage. Uh, first real vintage. So them. 18 years is a long time. Like, we've been here for 22 years. We were all in the wine business, you know, long before that. It's a different life. It was a different... A different uh, back different then. Time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, same yeah, thing here. Yeah, yeah. Do you... I mean... Do you still have that passion? I mean, is it still there? Yeah. Just, yeah, you still get excited I mean, uh, in the morning when different you wake up. <clears throat> it's different now. It's um, it's still that. I mean, when when the harvest comes, it's the best part of the year. The yeah. harvest, <laughs> as difficult that it is as it is, and you have to make so many decisions every day. And in the middle of vintage, you just say, "Why am I doing this?" <laughs> but at the same time, it's. It's exciting. You, it's something new every year. Every vintage is different, and and when vintage comes, it's sort of ah yes, this time this year, what's going to happen, and what's the what. So it's it is the most exciting time of the year. So during vintage, I'm I'm full of energy. Uh, long days, seven days a week, but mm -hmm. it's it's energizing to do the vintage. Bottling, which we are doing in this period, mm -hmm. is less exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you ask him, I. I'm passionate about making wine, not so much about getting it to bottle. It's yeah. the best part because you actually put away the wine into bottle and you know once it's in bottle you don't have to worry about that one anymore. Well, not so much anyway. Uh, it's out of your hands then. Yes. But at the same time... It's your baby's going to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now you're just waiting to see how he does in college. Yeah. <laughs> and these wines that we're tasting, um, like the 2019 vintage for example, we bottled that last year, this time last year, and, and it's only the last few months that I'm discovering what the wine is in bottle. Before I knew what it was in tank, and oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. But now I'm, I'm seeing what it is in bottle, and, and that's the next step and exciting step to see how the wine develops in bottle. So, What yeah. would you recommend we start with? The Insolio. Insolio. This one here, yeah. All right. And uh, this is, all these wines are from Maremma. Yeah, from the coast, right, from, from the coast. Uh, Alta Marema, as it said, it's so the upper part. If you uh, if you go Pisa Livorno, it's I speak in kilometers, so um, uh, 50, 60 kilometers south of of Pisa, right on the coast. Um, from the estate, which is on the on the foothills or on the hills, on a clear day you can see Corsica, the the northern part of Corsica. Mm -hmm. You can see Elba, so it's really on the coast, basically on the coast. And um, so. Uh, uh, just for our customers or mm. people who are watching that, you know, because, you know, people go to Tuscany, where they go? They go to Florence, oh, right? Oh, yeah, of course. So how far from Florence? Um, it would take an hour and a half. Hour and a half-ish. Uh, it's a beautiful yeah. location, right? I mean, it's 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 very, lots of produce is grown there. Lots of grapes are being grown there now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a beach community also, right? There's oh, yes. like good beaches there. Oh, yes, uh, very much so. That's that's what Italians like to do in mm -hmm. summer. They like to <laughs> spend the whole day in on the beach, yeah. and that's what they do. Plus, usually Germans and Dutch come, those who don't, don't have much sea. Um, so yes, yeah, a beautiful part of, the, of Italy, of Tuscany. So let me ask mm. you, before we uh, get into tasting these, and uh, these are all new wines for me, I haven't tasted them okay. before. Um, as, as you coming in, you are not Italian, you're not coming from Italy. Um, there's kind of this been this change of guard, right? There's two different styles of thinking with Italian winemaking. Mm -hmm. There's a very old school style, mm. and then there's kind of the new guard. Where do you fall into the fold well, there? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I come across as, and I am humble. 
I always say it's it's a huge team effort, but um, I'm trying to make the wines that the boss wants. Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm not making the wines for myself. These are not my wines. At the same time, of course, there is part of me in these wines yeah. and the way I work and the way I like to work. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to make elegant wines as in not too big and, and uh, powerful. I mean, Bizarre is powerful, but we're trying to make them elegant. Um, finesse rather than sort of fruit bombs or something. Sure. I do like to preserve the fruit. Um, the, the wines spend time in barrel. Um, this first one, not so much. Only part of the blend spends time in a few months in, in used oak. But I like to see the fruit in there. I don't want the, the wine to be um, tasting or, or smelling of oak. Um, so the f so we're trying to preserve the fruit to 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 treat the wines as best we can and uh, and uh, guide the, the wines along and sure. and try and try somewhere to make the 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 place speak the yeah the, the location the terroir, terroir, yeah, the, yeah yeah whatever that is that but makes but sense. Um, yeah it's a, it's a question of working with the vineyard manager he works so hard in the vineyard to produce great grapes and then we decide together when to pick what etc and then it's a question of treating the grapes as as best you can and uh, get the most out of each batch absolutely with with you know in mm. uh lots of wineries also now in marama not always but ha now there's lots more people um you know producing wine mm -hmm. there right mm -hmm. and then um as far as your case production, what is your case production on all uh, on these wines? Yeah, I'm not better, I'm not good at case production, <laughs> but I've I've or bottles the last few days I've learned something and uh, I've calculated something. Uh, Speaking in twelve bottle cases, that's yes. what you do, right? Yes, yes. Um, this one, the first one, would be just under somewhere under thirty thousand cases. And that's it, for the world. That's for the globally. world. Globally, yeah. that's our our biggest volume. It's not mm -hmm. a big volume, but it's our biggest volume wine. Uh, the next one is less than half. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, quite a bit less than half, um, and that one is again way below in volume of the middle wine. So, so um, total case production. I haven't done that calculation. Tiny. <laughs> Tiny. Small. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, small. It's it's small, and and the way we work, it's a lot of work, and there's a lot of manual um, work in there. So, uh, for us, it's big but it's small absolutely mm -hmm. well they're very uh high quality wines across the board uh and that's very hard to maintain with larger case production wines yeah. this is very this first wine is very elegant it's know. made to be um it's made to be uh fruity more than mm -hmm. complex or anything like that it's 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 bottled less than a year after harvest so this tw 2020 was bottled in june last year so um 10 months nine ten months after harvest um, part of the blend spends time a few months in, in used oak barrels, but the rest is in, in steel. And it's made to be, um, you, can, you can enjoy it soon after bottling, basically. Sure. It's always released very soon after bottling, too soon sometimes, but that's a nice problem. Um, so, and then it can, I mean, it keeps and it can sell it for a few years, but it's not made to 
be put away for 10 years and then find this wonderful wine. It's not made that way. It's made to be enjoyed quite young. And that's kind of what I was getting at earlier, um, especially in Italy specifically. There's this uh, genera generational divide, I guess, where, you know, for six, seven generations, it's been made a certain way. And then, you know, within the last couple, the kids are kind of seeing that, hey, people are wanting, the rest of the world are wanting to drink these wines a little mm. sooner mm. Uh, than, you know, a 20-year-old Barolo yeah, or something, yeah. right? So you're making them a little more approachable now. Um, what I take away from this, it's uh, definitely a younger wine. It's it's meant to be a pro, uh, drank now, obviously, mm. uh, especially with a nice decant. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say that this would continue to age out for the next six or seven years yeah. wonderfully. Yeah, I mean, um, and I think that that's a, what you're seeing a lot of people, and especially you said you're in with the first vintage, right? So that's 18 years at this point. So it's not like a m big multi-generational winery. No, so no. you're taking a much newer approach to the winemaking. Yeah, and, and modern wines are, you, I mean, the consumer doesn't, most consumers don't have, have room to put the bottles away. They, the wines need to be uh, approachable or you, be, you need to be able to enjoy them straight away then they should be able to keep and sell it for a number of years. And Bizzano, I mean, who knows how that long, but I mean, easily 10 years, easily 15 years. You get a different wine after 10, 15 years. But you can't make wines these days. Well, um, most producers look at making wines that can be enjoyed quite young, mm -hmm. but then can last for, for some time. For long periods. Those I mean, are the acids in check and... Yeah, yeah, acid, fruit, to have the fruit in there and... Yeah, um. I think uh, uh, for better or for worse, I think the American palate kind of drove that a little bit. We mm. don't have the patience to wait. No. I, I think for uh, across the board, right? Uh, people want to drink their wines. They young. want. They do. And that's why things like you know the Camus family and the Wagner family they blew up because those are meant to drink very young, and those are big cabs that mm. people want now. Um, and I think that that. That market, I, I don't know how the American market is across the world, but I would imagine it's probably a larger um, sharehold right behind China, if, if I'm right. Um, and that kind of dictates mm. the way people are making wine, and especially in Bordeaux. I mean, Bordeaux has a big There's been a little too. swing there, even though there's, there's still some traditional, you know, styles being made there. Mm. I like the way you, I like the way you dump. Oh, you're not dumping your spinning. I forgot. Uh, but... I think there has been a big change in, in the wine business where, where we think about the old world wines are starting to come around. And, mm -hmm. you know, you even see Italians, I've seen some Italians use new French oak, you know. I mean, it's not all neutral oak anymore, you know. And mm. uh, I do love concrete and I do like oh, that yeah, method. Yeah. And, you know, you have what, what is the, uh, the eggs now and the... Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, concrete, I think, is, is a great material. And I'd love to have some concrete tanks. We don't have the space at the moment, but... It'd be nice to have some in. I think I, I believe in the thick, more concrete. Mm -hmm. as, uh, it's good for the wine. So, how many uh, varietals are you producing at this moment? Um, so it's Syrah. Okay, this uh, the, the first wine was a blend of Syrah and, and the Bordeaux varieties. So Syrah plus Cabernet Franc Merlot, a bit of Cabernet Sauvignon, and a touch of Petit Verdot. So that makes it five varieties. That's what we um, the Insolio. The first wine is the only one with Syrah uh, between thirty and thirty and forty percent. The other wines are Bordeaux blends, so five varieties. Plus, we are starting to make a tiny bit of white wine with Vermentino, but it's not oh. not anything that we that it. And that the Elpino. What's in the Elpino? Elpino is a Bordeaux blend. It's um, just Bordeaux blend. The, that particular vintage, 2019, has a bit more Merlot, um, and then comes Cabernet Franc and Cabernet Sauvignon and Petit Verdot. So the four. Uh, Pinot Grigio gets 12 months in in oak. Um, 
some new oak, but more one-year-old barrels to not. Um, it's a wine. It's not a second wine of the estate. It's a wine in its own right, made to its style. A little bit easier than than the Bizona, perhaps, and more approachable when young. Oh my, um, did you try that? I haven't yet. No. Holy cow. Um, that is beautiful. So why, while we're on the topic, uh, let's kind of talk about a little bit why these Bordeaux varietals do so well there. Um, this is a big topic. It's something that uh, really changed what uh, Tuscan wines are. You're drinking a Bordeaux You're blend drink- from Tuscany. Yeah. Mm. You know, you think, oh, it's Sangiovese, Sangiovese, right? I mean, you yeah, kind of think I that. I get that question. So no Sangiovese? No, no Sangiovese. <laughs> um, I mean, it started with Sassicaia. I won't go through that history because... Spirit that comes from Sasakaya, but mm-hmm. there was Sasakaya back a few decades ago that planted that family and planted some vines for house consumption, making wine for house consumption. And then in the 60s, um, someone <laughs> um, said that you should commercialize, you should start selling that wine, it's good. Uh, and uh, that was the late 60s when Sasakaya decided sort of putting Sissakaya out in the market and it showed that Cabernet Sauvignon does well in that area. And then others came after. I mean, Lodovic Antinori founded Ornelai in the early 80s and then one after the other. And they just saw that it worked well. Mm-hmm. Um, the soils, um, the climate to some extent. I mean, you've got the, um, it gets warm, but there's nice steam breezes, yeah. um, cooling effects, mm-hmm. uh, at least keeping it not too hot around the great, um, um, uh, grape clusters, um, grape bunches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I guess it's one of I mean, what often happens. It's someone starts and it works, and and then others continue and and it works. Absolutely. Um, Sangiovese perhaps doesn't show as well as these varieties on that coast. So people focus on these varieties. It's as simple as that. It's um, yeah. This is a serious bottle of wine works. right here. It does. It works well. Um, and like you said, you can argue that it works better than Sangiovese. Um, but it was a major shift that happened at, mm. at uh, some point in time. The climate is perfect for these varietals, mm. and the soil yeah. uh, is perfect for that. How many different soil types do you have in Marema? Uh, many. Um, uh, someone else said in, in that area. I, I wouldn't, don't know how many, but sure. a big number. Okay. Mm. I mean, uh, the estate where, or Bizzano, was chosen. It's outside Bulgaria. It's in Bibona, just north of Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. But it was um, Ludovic Antinori who who laid his eyes on with with um, expert friends um, on this property and uh, saw the potential in the soils and everything to make great wine. And he he was interested in Cabernet Franc and focusing focusing a bit more on Cabernet Franc. So when they started planting in two thousand two. Uh, I mean, we've got Cabernet Sauvignon, we've got Merlot and Petit Verdot, but there was a bit more focus on, on planting the Cabernet Franc in the best soils for Cabernet Franc. When you started 18 years ago, was this was this the you know the, the direction that the winery was heading? Was in in these Bordeaux varietals? <laughs> um, I mean, it was Bordeaux varietals. Yeah. That was uh, that was the direction, and um, but it's been work in progress mm. all these years and and the first few years we thought we were making pretty good wines but age and the vine age does count and we've seen um how the first few years yeah the wines were yeah the wines were good but um the the tannin the depth everything has improved um 
I mean, we all were learned. So the, the team is pretty much the same people. Uh, the vineyard managers, the same. Um, um, the staff in the winery, it's been the cellar, cellar um, uh, supervisor. He's been there since 2005. Um, so the team has, has learned along the way and working together, you sort of improve, try to improve everything you do as you go. And um, this is the result. And there's still a whole lot to do. Well, I don't know. You've done a really good job with this. Thank you. Well, yeah, <laughs> 2019, I believe it is, right? So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's nice to see them. It's uh, nice to see them now, 18 years later, and thinking, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then uh, the third wine, mm -hmm. um, Bizarro. That's that's the sir, yeah. That's the label. That's the that's the estate wine. That's so, yeah, yeah, the estate um, wine. The, um, the smaller volume. Mm -hmm. um, it has to be. It has to be top quality. Mm -hmm. So is that your best barrels from what you and the staff are choosing? Is well, that it's it's basically batches, mm -hmm. um, vineyard blocks that perform well and um, vinified, and after vintage you see you see the potential in in certain batches, and it's usually certain vineyard blocks that are able to produce wine for Bizerno. So when you put wine to to barrel, you try to get it right um, and use the barrels that we think I think we think um, are the best for the style of wine and for the wine and you put those batches to certain barrels and then you see and then a few months later you might think okay yeah maybe you might that switch something out yeah yeah, we, yeah. so y yeah it's it's a lot of decisions all the time but yeah trying to work out what the best batches are and then the blending happens over a year, basically. Uh, you start looking at it. I have to mention uh, that we work with Michel Roland, who is well known in Napa Valley. Yeah. Um, he's been with us since because he worked with Ludovic Antinori at Ornelai, and Ludovic Antinori wanted Michel Roland to come and um, work with us. Um, so I worked with him for 18 years now with blending, and he comes and looks at things and looks at blends and then might not do them in the winery straight away. Next time he comes, yeah, yeah, this works. Oh yeah, yeah, you can you can get it done in, in the winery and so forth. So it's it's a process. And he still comes like every year and just sits yeah, he down comes, and uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have to tell him something? <laughs> well <laughs> I, I might tell him that batch should be good. Please have a look at that batch again. That <laughs> <laughs> smart woman. <laughs> but he he might yeah, I mean, he's usually he's often right, but I might say that's not performing today. That's not performing today. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's 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 a great guy, and um, he knows what he does. It's it's amazing uh, what he does and how he finds the blends and uh, how it works. And again, is this Bordeaux varietal? Yes, um, it is. Uh, no, you can't have any. <laughs> the four the four varieties: um, Cabernet Franc. Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petit Verdot, in that order. And uh, for that vintage. Uh, oak regimen in this wine? Uh, 15 months. Uh, so the different batches get put to barrel usually before Christmas, November, between late October, November, early December. And then, um, I mean, it gets racked and put back to barrel, but um, last time would be in March, around March. Um, and then bottled in June, which just gone, the 2020s just gone to that bottle. Uh, yeah. You said Cap Franc here? Yeah, the, the more Cap, 
strong than the other varieties. That's uh, it's roughly forty percent, I think. But yeah. it depends on. It's very much vintage dependent, and and what works, um, what the percentages become. Well, the Cab yeah. Franc uh, definitely shows mm -hmm. really well here. It's nice. It's yeah, it's very nice. Uh, just on the nose, I mean, you're getting a ton of bell pepper. It's it's exactly what you want from this wine. Mm. It's um, it's a, it's a. I love working with Cabernet Franc, but it's um, and it's it's easy but not easy. It's the tricky part is to really pick at the right time to not have the too herbaceous side, but mm -hmm. not for it to lose its where you lose and, that yeah, it's there. Yeah, yeah. yeah and mm. uh, it goes sort of the other way. So um, it's a nice variety. I like working it with it and every time doing vintage it's always that variety that sort of oh yeah that's nice <laughs> <laughs> merlot is a bit more tricky and uh, yeah as it's a lovely variety as far as 21s are concerned mm. as mm -hmm. a vintage how mm. was it in maremma um it looked i mean it was good um it was was really good nothing too extreme mm -hmm. until early september and then we had a week eight days ten days of wind all of a sudden, we, we hadn't started picking um, a week into September or something. We had we had this drying wind for, for, for quite a few days, which concentrated the grapes uh, a bit. The sugars sort of went up. <laughs> uh, but they're looking very good. And um, But it was just that, okay, let's wait a few more days. And then that, wa that wind concentrated everything. But the, they're looking... Um, it wasn't like 2017 when production went down. Mm -hmm. uh, it was hot and dry, and it was something like 20% less production in 2017. The wines, we thought, um, I mean, the Merlots were picked before the end of August, which is, we normally start picking Merlot a week into September. Um, and we thought that the tannins would be difficult and everything. The, the wines are really good, despite everything. But 21 was different. It was. It was good. It was balanced, uh, and the vines were happy. Um, the grapes looked great, and and then that wind came, which sort of uh, okay, but it it went well in the end. And Too so early to rain. tell, really, with the wines in bottle. Yeah, I, I oh well, I mean, it's only we we're only we we're only just starting to bottle in Solio, mm -hmm. twenty one, and the other wines will be another year yeah. almost before we bottled. So um, we've started looking at blends. Um, in Solio, twenty one was funny. A few months ago, I thought, oh, okay, yeah. but I. Really, I'm really liking it now. The Insolio 21, just before sending it to bottle. Uh, sometimes wine, I have to be convinced. The wines have to convince me, <laughs> and Insolio 21 has convinced me that it's um, that it's good. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, they're looking good. But I, yeah, it's it's now that I'm seeing the real quality of the 19s Teens. in bottle. Yeah. So as that drying wind comes through and it's concentrating the sugars, are you uh, expecting a little bit higher ABV on those wines? ABV alcohol by volume. I thought I meant, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've but noticed you're fourteen and a half across the board. Here. Yeah, it's hard to be below. We try to keep this one at fourteen rather than fourteen and a half. Is that fourteen over there? Yeah, it should be fourteen year okay. on the label. So, it's it's a struggle, but we try to sure. with the blending and and getting the balance to keep them below fifteen. And you're a little warmer there where you're at. Yeah, I mean yeah. it is warm. It's easy yeah. for it. It would be easy to make. Sort of 15 and a half, 16. Well, mm -hmm. naturally, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And just on any given year. And then with that uh, drying wind coming mm -hmm. through, I would imagine. I mean, then, I mean, not, it didn't dry out everything, but it, it sure. uh, went from looking so perfect to, to oh, okay, but okay, uh -huh. we'll fix the world. It's, it's, it's fine, but um, 
I mean, that's what it's basically farming, and that's what farming is. Yeah. Weather, yeah. you can't control weather, and uh, but the, we got a bit of rain. So the later varieties, Cabernet Franc and Cabernet Sauvignon, we got a bit of rain, and that freshened things up. And um, so, I like that you said farming, because really all wine is farming. It's basically right? what it is. It in is. The end. It you is. think it's something special? I mean, it is a, a different kind of farming, but it, in the end, it's growing something and and being it's weather dependent, yeah. and you can't you can't. Right. Letting Mother Nature speak, mm -hmm. and with a little bit of our own little hands yeah. involved. Yeah. In you're putting there, your right? fingerprint on it. That's, yeah, that's mm. what it is. Yeah, you're putting your uh, fingerprint on the year. So, uh, these wines are beautiful. Thank I uh, I thank you so much for sitting down with us. Uh, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. And uh, when they come in, we'll have them. Yeah, absolutely. We'll maybe even pre-sell them. It just depends on how many we can get. As I stare at the guys in the back of the camera, saying if we can get some <laughs> quantities of this, because <laughs> you know these are uh, beautiful wines, very uh, just super silky and just beautiful wines. I, I think uh, you'd be shocked to tell that these are. Um, you know, Bordeaux Varels done in Tuscany. Uh, they're just, they're just lovely, and I'm so glad that you came in and uh, and joined us today. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank Cheers. 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 Thank you. Honey.